0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Dive, Season 2, Episode 10 already on our second season. Kobe is thrilled, I can tell, right from the start. We're in 10 episodes in. I am thrilled, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, This is going to be uh, the last week of the regular season of the Spring Split before we hit playoffs, so we're going to be talking about Week 9 of the North American LCS, Patch 8.5, will be hitting pro play, and also... We need to start thinking about MVP ballots. Mm-hmm. Ah, because we have to vote. Because we got to vote. All of us <laughs> have to vote, and it's a regular season award. So there's two games left for each player. Surely you must have some idea of who would be winning MVP.
1: Surely. I surely do. But uh, you know what I just realized? Is it's been over a month since we've had the Dive Classic because we had two guests in a row. Mm-hmm. Then Kobe was sick. Then I was sick. So it's it's been a while. Mm. It's like it's, it's and Freak a did not. Take my spot. He did this week. I did yeah. not get to <laughs> him. Unless you seriously, you're drinking from that cup. Do you know where that cup has been? <laughs> Freak, poison yeah. that cup last <laughs> week. It does like, look I'm,
2: a little dirty on the rim. Yeah. It's coffee, man. <laughs>
1: what do you expect? Right. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's good. It's good to all be back here together. But MVP discussion definitely uh, is kind of into in full swing. Uh, I've been been pretty. I, I feel like I don't have like a really hard decision on where I want to go yet. Um, yeah. For me, like it, it was one of those things where. I'll, like, teams, teams have been so inconsistent that mm-hmm. it, it gets harder and harder. And, like, with the rise and fall of some of these teams, uh, it really does kind of change your opinion. Like, towards the start of the split, I've been thinking a lot about Smoothie mm-hmm. as MVP. And I still think he's playing incredibly well, but I have felt like he's had less opportunity to maybe uh, crush in, in some of these games in such a flashy way because Alistar's like always getting banned away from mm-hmm. him and things like that. Um, and, and it's kind of hard for me to, to figure out how much I think it's worth. Uh, you know one player is affecting picking bands but then not as having as big of an impact inside the actual game yeah
0: and I've been thinking a lot about just player rankings in general because uh, on NALCS Countdown and Analyst Desk we've done tier lists for four different positions now the only one we haven't done is Jungle we did mid split awards Mm -hmm. where I believe we actually gave it to Smoothie for mid split but then like Echo Fox smashed Cloud Nine in the yep. tenth game of the split and then from then on I was like, Wow, Hooney's probably gonna be the front runner for MVP. But what's weird about this season is we just had like our our top two teams, right? Echo Fox and Cloud Nine. We're thinking, Okay, if it's Cloud Nine is the best team, Smoothie's probably MVP. If Echo Fox is the best team, it's probably Dardo or Hooney, and I would move towards Hooney because of I feel like his charisma, we've seen him on other teams, and also just his history in the North American LCS, how he always looks good and always makes his jungler look good, so to mm-hmm. speak, uh, which would have m- moved from <laughs> above Dardock.
2: Is that a little uh, reference to the Rainover Hoonies? Just, just a little bit. Just uh, a
0: little bit. But then, last week, on the last day, we had Echo Fox, Cloud9, and Clutch, with Febiven, who was getting some maybe MVP hype, Lose Like, I was ready to do a segment with Mark on the analyst desk if Clutch Gaming would have won that against TL and be like, you need to consider this guy for MVP. But every time I'm ready to say, like, yeah, this guy's MVP for sure, man, they lose a game. And then they lose another game, and then their team starts looking bad. So it's it's getting really, really tricky. Kobe, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, even if you're going uh, position by position, because we also vote on... Um, all league team, I believe, is the the term. You know, first, second, third. All All-NALCS. Yeah, position. first team, yeah. all nalcs It's got a weird name, but <laughs> we basically vote on yeah, <laughs> like the good, the all-star <laughs> team. Um, and and I started with mid lane because it, uh, mid lane is always kind of the classic to me with mm-hmm. Bjergsen and Jensen. And I think that uh-huh. both Bjergsen and Jensen are still in there, even though this year and this split they've been kind of. Um, not been the main story, mm-hmm. right? Jensen Which has been
1: pretty a incredible, Weird though. For me, I still have But he didn't,
2: so when right. he said Cloud9, he didn't even mention him, right? He was like, I Smoothie, uh, immediately. The, the but, but Smoothie. Object. <laughs> <laughs> I do
1: mention him.
0: <laughs> For most of the season, though, when they were playing through top lane and Smoothie was roaming, you're like, Jensen's really good, Yeah. but...
2: You weren't thinking of him as MVP. Exactly, but then so and then I'm like trying to go position by position, and I'm like, oh, and then I, the first stat that I look at KDA. Oh, Fabian is actually number one in the entire league. Interesting. And uh, <laughs> hmm, that throws another wrinkle into even just the the mid lane race here. So I feel like any time we get towards the end of the split and we start, mm-hmm. you know, having to comb through all these things to to come up with our votes, it's uh, it's a lot closer than your initial like. Just gut reaction mm-hmm. from the season I mean, has just, been.
1: Just off the top of my head, players that could be in consideration, you know, you have you have Smoothie, you have Jensen just from that team alone, Dardock, mm-hmm. Hooney, I think you could be looking at like Bjergsen or someone from TSM still as they're getting way because stronger. They're starting to make um, I think that you could be looking at Febivin. I've heard even talks about Afro. What about Afro and Cody Son? Exactly, Afro, Cody Son, who statistically like Cody Sun has been incredible and AfroMu has been such a playmaker. Still like looking at holding up fingers. He I'm gonna run out soon! eight fingers. Okay. I mean, at least, at least they that's like a good start, right? Like yeah. uh, as far as um, players he could be looking at, and that's and that's even you know not considering like quite a few other players who have been stand out. I mean, Sneaky has been almost unanimously the the best AD carry in the league this split. Uh, you know, like overlooking guys like that even. So it's it's definitely pretty interesting to to have have it at this point, like this late in the split, where yeah. there's like a legitimate conversation for like eight plus. Yeah. Because you know? yeah.
0: here's what makes it so interesting. Usually we have the two or three teams that are running away with the league. Mm -hmm. But now, first place is Echo Fox and Cloud 9 at 11 and 5. And then 5th and 6th is a tie at 9 and 7. So it's probably not going to happen based on strength of schedule, but it is possible that 1 through 6 all finish the season 11 and 7. Mm -hmm. That would technically be a possibility. So you now have six teams with the same record, so that, like, best player, best team tiebreaker is impossible. Yeah, And even in best of 1... We have these games where it swings off of this really small thing, like a bad pick early or they have one bad team fight and they lose mm-hmm. the game. So an 11-5 team versus a 9-7 team, that could be one game they played against each other that's actually making the difference.
2: I've noticed something pretty interesting, though. No, neither of you mentioned anyone from Team Liquid. And that yeah. would be the only other... True. Like, that's another one of the
1: just in the the top teams or whatever. Um, but I was, I was thinking about liquid a little bit, but I'm like, would I put doublelift over sneaky right now? Probably not. Would I put you know like smithy over Dardock right now? Probably yeah. not. Right, like there's no one on their team that has just been like, yeah, you're the best. Like, and and that's that's just the reality for it. like quality of player. I think that they could easily be in the discussion. I mean, double <laughs> has been right, um, but yeah, just for me right now, I I don't think that any of them would be on my like all Nels SCS yeah. first team.
0: And I think also like. It's a regular season award that says it is about your total contribution to the eighteen games. But whenever you look at the voting and how it actually falls out for this award, it's weighted towards the end. Like the mm-hmm. games towards the end are always more important. So the mm-hmm. fact that Team Liquid started five and one, and are now nine and seven.
2: Also, they, the, they've lost four of their last uh, six of their last ten games. Basically. Yeah. Also, to me, it does make sense to be weighted towards the end um, because people are going to see these rankings, and then we're immediately going to have playoffs. And, you know, the condition of the player towards the end is going to to matter matter more for the playoffs. Hmm. But you're right, like, the definition of the award is for the regular season, but that never really, like... yeah. So,
0: uh, all of us are going to be doing a lot more research into this. Also, we need to take into account week nine, but right now, what would your top
1: five MVP contenders be? So, I guess I guess then off off the top of my head, it would probably be like uh, Smoothie Jensen, Hooney, Dardock. Um. So two Clown nines, yeah. two Echo Foxes, because they are no sneaky, do. huh?
2: So if you don't put sneaky in there, I'm gonna yeah. say
1: you can't put an eighty carry in. in yeah, no, I, I Sneaky's wouldn't. the best AD no, carry. Yeah, like I do think he's the best eighty carry, and I wouldn't put an eighty carry in there. And then it's it's honestly for me, maybe it is just uh, like Febavin or Bjerkson competing with. It's with crazy Spencer that
0: Bjerkson is even like in the conversation after how bad TSM started the yeah. split. But they've been like he had his best week of the split by far. Uh, last week, and now if they actually ended at eleven and seven and somehow had a chance for like a third or fourth seed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just weird. Like this whole split has been whether or not TSM would turn around.
1: Yeah, so m- maybe Fev and Over Bjergsen in my top five right now, but it's yeah. it's really hard to say because I mean, there's like TSM is still doing well for a reason, and like Bjurkson has been s- uh, good statistically throughout the mm-hmm. season. Like he is solid. I felt like most of their problems were not were more around like communication and teamwork issues and Mike Young slash bot lane issues yeah. and things like that. Sure. So I'm, it's, it's really hard. So in
2: mine, I'm also thinking about, um, you know, like the, the player's value to the team, not necessarily like, oh, this is, you know, the best player Get in all. Get there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, not, no, 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 no. I was, gonna, <laughs> yes. I was about to say, oh, yeah, I assume Azalea going to say this. on a 4 and um, team. But... <laughs> But guys like, so aframu Africa, and especially yeah. if you're talking about recency bias, um, Aphromoo, yep. I think Aphromoo, this split, one of the biggest things is he proved how important it still is, you know, this continued story that we keep saying every single year, you know, about his in-game leadership and about how much he brings to the team as far as communication mm-hmm. and strategy and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people were starting to doubt it because he dropped off a little bit in some individual play it had looked like and, um, you know, coordination wasn't always quite there with CLG at the end. Mm -hmm. But on 100 Thieves, I think that... Um, he has definitely re-proven that plus mm-hmm. the addition of, you know, bringing out the playmaking hook champions and
1: yeah. and popping off again. Um, I feel like his, you know, Convince me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> as well. I mean, because it's it's not only just the leadership thing that you're talking about, Like like you said, the hook champions and the fact that, like, I think a lot of people over the last year, year and a half, or whatever, had been starting to think, "Oh yeah, Afremu, uh, he's a good leader, but he's not that good anymore." Mm. You know, that, yeah. that kind his of his solo curating like, like wasn't as high, but now he's like now he's grinding really high, right back up, and, and, and people are t- we're talking about, "Oh yeah, mechanically he's not that good anymore. He's just like a really good leader." But mm. all the hook champions, all the playmaking he has done. He has been very very impressive and you know l- last last season it was really all about like everyone's talking about Smoothie and Olay and Aframoo is definitely like up there in yeah. that discussion now Olay has really fallen off so I do think it is kind of more a, a two horse race between you know Smoothie and Aframoo right now mm-hmm. for the top support and and yeah I mean it's it just kind of shows how hard it is <laughs> actually to, yeah. to narrow it down
0: I think my top 5 is Huni yeah because Echo Fox has been so good and he has mm-hmm. dominated pretty much every matchup he's been in Febivin. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like he is the shining star on that team. The reason they're winning and they've almost been top. Uh, Smoothie is there as well. I have to also just throw Dardock into the conversation because when I look back at the OP5 we've been giving out every week, Five of the eight weeks we've given jungle to Dardock. I don't think anyone else has gotten more than twice. He He's has so been dominant. amazing, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I think it's hard to argue another jungler. He's
0: been incredible. So I think Huni and Dardock will actually steal votes from each other, mm-hmm. uh, which ends up hurting their chances for MVP. It's like the TSM
1: conundrum before.
0: Yeah, and then the fifth guy that I have to do is Aphromoo, just for those reasons.
1: So who, who's your five then, Kobe?
2: Huni, mm.
0: Febivin, Smoothie, So Dardoch,
2: the only mid laner Jat put in there is
1: Febivin. For now, yeah. Yeah, see Jensen is so close! To me because I think between Jensen has Febby, Jensen,
0: and Björk. <laughs> All three of those guys are so good yeah. this split.
1: I'm just thinking of the Reddit threads. So but like,
0: yeah. yikes! <laughs> when you say like players value to team and yeah. how much you steal yep. votes from each other, like that matters a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it is very it's true. tough, man. My my one detraction from February is I feel like he's he's not the guy to make the big play that, like, wins the game kind of thing. Like, he's super consistent, he's very skillful, he wins his lane a high percentage of the time, he contributes damage in team fights. but he does, like, my... One of my big criticisms for Clutch this whole time is, yeah, they're super, super consistent, but it doesn't feel like they have the guy that, like, turns a game on its head with a crazy play. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like... You know, just looking at, at Bjergsen in the... Uh, against uh, Cloud9, you know, this this last weekend. His Cinder okay. was insane. Exactly, like, th- like that Cinder game, catching catching mm-hmm. Sven and stealth a couple times, like those sort of plays like turned the game on its head. And I haven't really felt like that uh, very often about Febvin where I'm like, wow, that guy just won this game for the team. It's mm-hmm. always like, oh, hey, Clutch won. Oh, also Febvin did great. Like, what about the COG game where he had like a 500 kills in two minutes? Yeah, that that was the one. <laughs> he That's said it
2: himself. He <laughs> didn't know what his, they, they were doing. Wondering. They intimidated <laughs> me, gave me a penta. <laughs> and again, this isn't
1: supposed. To, this isn't to be saying like he's a bad yeah. player. That's just in my head. I, like I do think playing Zale his, wants YouTube highlights is well, what I'm hearing. It's, it's yeah. weird too because <laughs> <laughs> give me the give me the 360 no scopes. I have the
2: same
0: <laughs> thoughts about Febiven and Clutch in general, which is why I consistently like downplay their record. But when you say like Febiven hasn't made the big plays, I'm like, well, who? Does for that team
1: like maybe Hakuho They're all just really books. consistent and they play uh, well as a team. I, I think I think as a team they play really they, really well. They have eleven wins. Apollo's wins, consistently seven. stealing barons with skill
2: shots. Maybe that. <laughs> I mean they're, they're, that,
1: that was bad. pretty. I mean, big. That was a really big Ten. play that's true, but I just think in general they're just a team that like gives up the minimum, plays to their win conditions extremely well, mm-hmm. and like grinds out a lot of games it's because true. they they play very smart and they're they're while they do not often make like the crazy insane old play that flips a game on its head. They also do not often give up those sort of plays, right? All
2: right. So who's your top five? Special request for someone to make a YouTube highlight uh with lots of explosions. Yeah. And, and Feb event like Then send it to Azale. he will uh, sit
0: at the back of Team Fight and DPS yeah. well. And yes. like, send, send this highlight. one to
2: the dive. Look, I wanna I wanna take a look. See so if so we just, can in convince the back <laughs> <laughs> stabbing, it, and it's like But then there's boom, boom, kind of music, sunglasses explosions. Come down. Yeah, yeah, okay, I like it. Uh, top five, Kobe, go we go. Uh, I think Huni and Dardock are in there for sure for me. Um, I think that is for, me. for that. This is the strongest part of Echo Fox. They're their number one team. Um, I think it, technically they're tied with Cloud Nine right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then brings us to Cloud Nine. And see if I go down team by team, I'm gonna fill up my top five yeah. so fast. Are you doing smoothies, Sneaky
0: or Jensen? Yeah. <laughs> what about Licorish and Spence, Darren Kobe? How can I good. hold all these MVP <laughs> candidates?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's hard, man. Out of Cloud Nine. Uh, Oh, man. See, I really liked um, Jensen's play, even though, um, yeah, we've been talking about how it, it hasn't been him as, like, mm-hmm. the, the crown jewel or whatever. He's been so good. Um, yeah, we haven't had any games, like, last season where it's contracts, like, camping for Jensen. He's right. on LeBlanc, like, 50 CS up over this guy or whatever. Um, but I still really wanted to, um, you know, put him in there. The, the mid laner thing was too difficult, though. Um, so I think I put Sneaky in there if I'm all right. taking my pick from the so Cloud Nine Hoony, litter. Huni
1: Dardock Sneaky. Hooney,
2: Dardock Sneaky. Uh, I have Afremo in there. That makes me want to also got put Smoothie left. in there. <laughs> that may make- <laughs> But Just no mid laners. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the one way to tackle the problem. Yeah. Just not put any of them. There you go. Yeah, yeah. mid lanes uh, not air. important.
1: You can't be an MVP. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I three mid laners. It's so there hard to pick from. You're like, nope. I'm none of them just like, la, 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 la. No mid laners. These goddamn mid laners keep taking my blue buff. Give me your fifth one. Just That was it. Smoothie. Okay. Smoothie, Afro, Hoonie, Dardock, and Sneaky. Yeah. There you go.
0: I mean, so to summarize our. Week 8 MVP discussion. We got some work to do. We've That's got, the summary. A, we have some work to do. B, just because you have media members that vote, you have a lot of catchers that vote, you have players and teams that vote. I feel like based on this discussion, the MVP this year may be the lowest percentage of total votes than it's ever been.
2: Yeah. Don't mess your vote up. Nobody troll
0: vote. Nobody. I hate, because that could matter this time, right? Yeah. Like, oops, I didn't mean to put this guy fourth.
2: It like, yeah, happens
0: yeah. sometimes, man. It's really important to have that. Didn't to mean
2: to vote well, for Pikachu. I've got a great transition for you, fellas. Okay. <laughs> which, with it. which of these MVP candidates do you think would retire first? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of retiring, yes. what's what, how do you feel about um, people trying to put an age on retirement um, mm-hmm. from competitive video games and how it's evolving right now?
0: Yeah, I think that's always an interesting conversation that comes up when you talk about esports because... When we started, like, League of Legends LCS in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, we already had, like, the old guard that had been playing for two years, right? <laughs> Kobe wasn't part of the old guard. Chouster was. Right? I'm, I'm part was. of the grandpa guard yeah, that grandpa was, guard. I had
2: been benched already. Yeah, you, you'd already retired. You were a caster. <laughs> uh, Actually, I was the first. Yeah. <laughs> ...to get kicked off a team. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, essentially... No one can take that when away. ...when is the right time to retire? Uh, is there an age drop-off when your skills aren't as good? Or is the fact that you now get to spend your career playing video games... Uh, ...does the retirement age stretch significantly longer? When I look at the LCS this year, and I see so many players... Uh, ...that have been around since 2013 or 2014... I feel like the previously expected retirement age of like not playing past twenty five, I think is going to disappear in five years. Mm-hmm. I think we will have thirty year old pro players in five years.
2: Uh, to me, I always, whenever this question comes up, I instantly think of High because High has gone through you know a collapsed lung. He had wrist problems. He's come back from all these issues. He you know people you'll know, criticize his uh, mechanics, his mm-hmm. his individual play, um, but he is he has stuck around since the very beginning you know he ha- mm-hmm. took a team in the qualifiers you know he was playing there they didn't they didn't make it in on the the first try mm-hmm. there but um and and he has consistently proven how valuable you know decision making is in this game
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and and still come back and i still and i see him being valuable you know down the road still mm-hmm. um so I, yeah i definitely don't think like the the hard line on the age, I feel like that is continuing to move, yeah. uh, especially with people putting more and more emphasis on, like, physical therapy yeah. mm-hmm. um, and stretching and all this. And we don't hear... As much about the wrist issues as we previously did. I'm not sure if that's because they're better taken care of and you know better preventative measures, or if people are just like, yeah, that's a part of it now, and so they just don't bring it up anymore.
1: Yeah, for me, it's always it's always been more about the economics, which is kind of funny to say. Like, I don't actually mm-hmm. believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I'm 27 now and I can't click my mouse. Like, I'm not fast enough. Like, I don't mm-hmm. believe that is there's really truly a thing. Like, I think it's it's more. Been uh, historically that you start getting older, you're not making a consistent enough income in in esports, or you don't think you have a future in esports. You know, you want to have a family, you want to have a girlfriend, you want to do these things, and that what is what kind of like ages people out of it, and that's been my experience in in like in my programming stuff. Like the reason I stopped doing it was I was like, well. I want to be able to have a house someday. I don't know like, <laughs> if this is going to be a thing. So as it gets bigger, as it gets more stable, like, I think that the players will just be getting older naturally because it's a more stable, more sustainable career, right? the
0: question. Would you want
1: to go back to being a pro player now? Like, new game comes out, War of the Warcraft 2. Uh, I, I don't think so. so. Do you think you'd be capable? Uh, I think so. I I do th- I do honestly think like like even even with with WoW like as an example, even after I hadn't played for a couple of years, I mm-hmm. went back and I was still able to get top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was an age thing for me. It's it's literally like and and WoW is not like a, a lucrative a lucrative program. But, but just like, assume
0: it assume it was because I kind of want to dive into is. this. Like
1: it's if, if it's about
0: the economics, yeah. right? If you still think you're skilled enough, but the economics make sense. What are some of the other factors that would make you not want to become a pro player again?
1: Well, I mean, for me, one of the biggest things is... What about it's, living? Yeah, it's, yeah, living conditions. I think, uh, like, I really didn't like living in a programming house when I yep. lived in Phoenix. That's sure. one. Um, two is the fact that, like, I'm in a serious relationship, and you don't have mm-hmm. time for that, Like, yep. very, very likely. Like, I, I am someone who... I was always of the opinion that I didn't want to go to an event unless I thought I was going to win it. Like, mm-hmm. and and me thinking i was going to win it meant i had prepared more than every other person at the tournament that was my benchmark and to do that now in in competitive gaming where it's it's this like it's this big mm-hmm. means it's your entire life, right? Like it doesn't mean oh you put in six hard hours, okay, great. Now let's go out and watch a movie and go get dinner. No, it means you put in friggin' like sixteen hours or something. Because yeah. Kobe practiced twelve, you practice fourteen. Well, I'm not gonna practice less than either you, so I'm gonna practice fifteen. I'm gonna practice sixty. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I'm
2: the I like, I'm the lazy one. Only twelve. Yeah, there you go. yeah. He <laughs> has all the latent talent. So yeah, <laughs> he, exactly, exactly. I.
1: But but that, that's one of the big things for me. Um, but I mean, there's there's some examples, and I think I brought this up previously on the dive, but like Tokido just. One mm-hmm. Evo last year at thirty-two. Right, yeah. fighting games are one of the most like reaction-based, yep. fast-paced as mm-hmm. far as like actual mechanical skill games that there are, and he won that at thirty-two. Right, the, the man is is still super fast. You can you can do this. Yeah. I think that it's one of those things that it has to develop to a point where uh a it's sustainable. B uh, like you have a, you have to have a big support system. I think like mm-hmm. you're if you want to have a, a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, they have to be completely understanding of that. Um, and in the NFL and the NBA and whatnot it's so lucrative even if you're like a backup who's never gonna play on the field ever mm-hmm. that a lot of more people are willing to kind of make that sacrifice mm-hmm. for, for years because then it sets them up for the rest of their life hopefully or or maybe it doesn't and they blow through all their money but it's, right. it's like it's all about economics to me like yeah. if you were saying I could get 10 million dollars a year to play WoW Pro for five years then I'd probably be like all right, go and in. we're going to like grind it out <laughs> and, and, not, and we're going to be rich. And then after five years, yeah, we're yeah. going to retire and we're going to buy a mansion and a yacht, right? Okay, but okay. you can't do that right now. So it's that's why it's all about economics to me. Yeah, I just wanted you to talk about a little bit more of the sacrifices it
0: still takes, regardless of age and capability, yep. and regardless of money, Like You also need that special type of personality Mm -hmm. who's going to be able to devote that much of themselves without burning out for that long and that deep into their life, I think. So I do agree that we have seen 30-plus-year-old pro gamers, and we will see them in league, but there's still going to be that natural drop-off over time, and only the people that are kind of the outliers
2: are going to be willing to commit to that lifestyle into their 30s. It's willpower. I I mean, if you're the best... In the world of anything, I, you're an outlier. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I feel like that's true one, regardless. The outliers, one, little the capstone <laughs> one little
1: capstone I will put on is, uh, you know, talking to a lot of a lot of friends who were pros and have, have gone into other things and whatnot, like a very consistent sentiment I have had, and it's something that I had myself, uh, is that in pro gaming, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, mm-hmm. but your everyday life is, like, much I would say much more stressful, much less enjoyable than that of the average person. So it's like one of these things where it's like transitioning and casting, I would say overall at my happiness level is mm-hmm. higher, right? right? Like day-to-day by far. It's much less stressful. It's it's more enjoyable. Um, but you will never reach the same like uh, peak Euphoric of enjoyment, height. right? Like, yeah. like even if I'm casting the world finals and that will be an amazing achievement and I'll be really excited it is not going to feel the same as for the people who won the world finals mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you will never have that and that is that is a given, <laughs> that is a given. <laughs> that a I can man. just
2: see Azale after he finishes the cast woo we <laughs> did it yeah. yeah.
1: I, mean, I <laughs> would be excited right on he's like hugging everyone yeah.
0: like oh look Magic Dragons is on the stage <laughs> yeah. playing about my cast
2: yeah, like, yeah, exactly. or or or, <laughs> or how about this he fucks it up so bad he's crying <laughs> in his chair Ed in now his head that could head actually afterwards. happen that could actually happen my
0: end game call I said wrong he's like oh my
2: God! We don't call them barred moops. They're barred meats. Oh fuck! <laughs> in hand,
1: reading the Reddit threads,
2: flaming me. <laughs> I agree. There, there's yeah. an iconic look back. You know, Isaiah looking back. Looking at back the K- at the K- casting desk, be like, Oh no! I messed it up. My so casting I, trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: didn't get it. Yeah, it's
2: I a- I definitely agree with uh, a lot of the stuff you guys are saying. But um once again, like people who are opting into this are not opting into being average. You cannot be the best at something like this when... Something that people care about, at least, that there's a lot of people competing for, um, and also have an average life, and also have a balanced... You don't get it all? You you, you can't, yeah, you can't can't do that. You become the best by putting everything into it, and, you know, that's a sacrifice. So that's why I I agree with Nazel's point. You know, if the reward for that big sacrifice is gonna be above average also, Which Mm -hmm. it already is above average, but like when it gets like super extreme, the more extreme that is, then the more extreme you're willing, um, you know, to measures you're willing to go to.
0: Yeah, that's fun.
2: Yeah, it was fun. I especially like the last part.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should start doing that. Like, we, start, we should always... be more invested in casting. We yeah. should. Man, I really nailed that segment. You, you you're, know, like, you're you're mad for a week because your tearless sucked. You're like, oh no. I mean, I feel well, I, like, so, I feel like mm, that sometimes. No, I,
1: yeah. I lose sleep over like if I'm like if I think I really fucked up a cast and I'm like, oh, god damn it, now I have to wait a whole week to actually like no, do yeah. a good one and stuff. So I definitely mm-hmm. I, I feel the negatives pretty heavily in casting. Yeah, or, uh, or if I like. Uh. Yeah.
2: 100%. Like I I've been doing this for what we like 6 7 years or 2013
0: whatever. 2013
2: is when you joined LCS for like Spring Split. Yeah, and so. before that I was doing it for T. I guess I wasn't yeah. I wasn't invested in like when I was doing the online tournaments like if I messed right. up those like I didn't really care. Yeah. But um ever since like we were on broadcast and stuff if I make a mistake like Something that I've worked on is, like, trying to actually get past that mistake. Yeah. Because, like Azaleh is saying, it makes it hard to sleep at night. Or You're just like, mm-hmm. I'm so stupid. Why did I do X? Or, ah, yeah. you know, everyone's going to be so mad about, you know, this mistake that I made. Um, yeah. Which true. is, that's a totally different That's topic a totally that different can of worms. would make our, uh, yeah. you know, episode too long. Yeah.
0: And plus, like... Casting is easier than playing. Yeah, <laughs> even for if sure. even if we have our own like worlds of complaints of like it's so hard to get flamed sometimes. Like you're not getting flamed like those pro players, man. Nope. Uh, but you're also not getting the same highs. So, speaking of getting flamed uh, as a pro player, um, really quick topic that we wanted to touch on is naming moves after players. We've had a few of these <laughs> recently. So, the first player move, I feel like, was the Insect, which is probably Ooh, the- Messiah? Okay, okay, the Messiah would be one too. I'll, I'll kind of explain these moves. So, for those of you who missed it, like, Messiah was an amazing Chinese mid laner who was super good at TF. And his move uh, was essentially TF alting in and then zoniazing right away. Uh, and there was this amazing clip of everyone blowing a bunch of spells on his zhonya's, and and like, no one had ever seen that before. They're like, oh, if TF's gonna pour in right next to me, I'm gonna kill him. So everyone spammed all their cooldowns, he Zhonya's it, totally turned the fight. Like, holy shit, the sign was amazing. Insec was also the first one in a really highly visible stage in 2013 on Lee Sin to ward jump behind an AD carry and kick him back. So it was called an Insec. Flame Horizon, 100 CS up on your opponent. Then we have some of the more negative ones, um, like the Jensen, which is not zhonyas at the right time. And then maybe the double if now for not (laughs) using summoner spells in key situations.
2: Notice how the good ones are all super old, and And the the negative ones are all these uh, you know more recent ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Will we get this again? Right. So to me, one of the reasons why they're so rare and like getting getting even more rare now is that it has to be this like creative kind of ingenious play that makes you have that wow moment like I never thought of that before Mm -hmm. and for someone to be that good at it that you pull it out on on the pro stage how do you keep that under wraps? Like, th- right. you don't do it for the first time on stage. So, th- there's someone's doing it mm. in solo queue, right? Or, or you're practicing it, or, you know, it happens in solo queue. How does that not instantly get out? Mm. Because there's going to be five other, uh, you know, nine other uh, challenger players in that game that see this play happen, and they'll all be like, now I know that. Like, they're inst- people, are, starts- people are instantly picking those things up. So, mm. I think the hardest part about those name-brand plays or whatever is... They're all really old, too. Those are all from, like, 2013
0: Mad Life as well. or before. And that's because... Mad Life, any Amazing Quoken Thrash yep. plays. You know,
2: Messiah Ma- had been doing, you know, Twisted Fate plays, and people had seen that before, but not... it. It wasn't as, like, connected, and people... It didn't really get out, right? So mm. I feel like it's just so hard at this point if there's some, like, crazy creative play that comes out of a new champion... Um, you know or you know people are using some Kais- kaisa mechanic in, in yeah. some you yeah. know super like, creative way then everyone's just instantly going to know about it and they're like that's true. just a part of kaisa like an example would be uh, when graves could
0: cancel his r animation by eating forward like the first guy who did that if this was in 2013 would be like man that was the Bengi,
2: who do you associate <laughs> like, most yeah. with that play? Because I, I would say I just like NA solo queue, right?
0: Because yeah. I saw it everywhere, kind of at the same time, which I think is to your point. Yeah. Um, as far as getting the positive name associations, are there
1: any that you think we're missing? Uh, I n- nothing really that like comes to th- comes to mind. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where I do think, like like you guys are saying, a lot of them are old because. It's everything gets picked up so fast. It's hard. It has to be specifically attributed only to this player, almost, mm-hmm. for them to kind of get that name thing, which is um, why it's a negative thing now because it's just about memes and dying. Exactly. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting, you know. Like people don't really call it like the gorilla when you play like MF support or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like there's there are like new and innovative things that come out, but it's it has to not only be like an innovative pick, it has to be like a specific situation that has to get so much attention. You know, and like all these things have to come together. Um, So, what about um, Zed, Maybe like people call like people are always like, oh, like I'm faker when they pull some good Zed play because like the yeah yeah that's just kind of like associating being
2: being greatness with faker, right? I guess. Um, What do you think about? Because um, I'm just trying to think of the super creative plays that kind of make you have that oh I've never seen that moment before. Um, the most recent one would be maybe still uh, at M or yeah MSI Smithy in the Kindred ultimate oh, yeah, dragon for, like a big a big objective. Oh, yeah. So he was definitely not the first person to do it right, but that was on such a big stage. Yeah, and at the time. Um, that was like, oh, just made a lot of people like, oh my god, like, that's very creative use of game mechanics to mm-hmm. use this, you know, you can't kill this thing on an, on an epic monster. Because not everyone's like reading the tooltip, um, yeah. you know, exactly or whatever, so. You could definitely name some some mean ones too. Like, I
0: think, uh, I was reading a Reddit thread earlier because Gilius has missed so many smites oh, at yeah, this point. Yeah. They are yeah. like, when does it stop being the St. Vicious and become the Gilius? Yeah, oh yeah, St. Vicious is another one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. For missing spite. And... Was it ever the Kobe first smite? Saint Fitch's supplant Saint Kobe. Will,
2: Saint will definitely tell you it was. Yeah, and it was the Kobe. It, it was. I still remember to this day because it was, happened at um, WCG in 2010. It was the uh, you know like the first international tournament, or whatever. Yeah. And we were playing at it in one of the earlier games. Uh, we did. End, we ended up winning anyways, but mm-hmm. in one of the earlier games, <laughs> I missed. Um, I missed a big smite um, where we had started and we had you know control and, and uh, uh, they stole it from us. And we lost the game because of it, and I remember that night like feeling so bad, and going on the the League of Legends forums, Those which were people actually used. That was bigger than Reddit. The forums and writing an apology letter to all of North America because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like you feel you guys so won, bad. Oh, did you? We ended up winning after, but that was like yeah. one of the ones the uh, an earlier earlier part of the tournament, like the night. Um, like it still went on. Yeah. We won. Like it was a best of this series like or something so like that. So awesome! You're like, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, I was there. so dear, sad, dear North America. I am sorry for missing my smite. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't remember what the verb. Maybe I maybe I'll be able to like dig through and find my post. We but need to find that post. I, I was so sad that yeah. I uh, yeah I wrote an apology letter and I was like, we'll we'll win. You know something you
0: mentioned on the alt stream, and maybe I should talk about this later. When you were talking with Reggie and Steve, is
2: was it Reggie's team who was supposed to go to WCG? Um, uh, yeah, so Reggie, he, their team got disqualified yeah. because he had been playing with a hacker who had hacked Hotshot's account. Oh, my God. And he was like, Flares. making fun a Hotshot because yeah. you know, we had the, the, the... I remember those days. The origins of Hotshot Reginald beef.
0: Yeah, I think I was watching him duo with... The hacker on like own 3D TV or whatever, yeah. like before Twitch TV, but that was
2: before. That was so he didn't get they didn't get to like play in the qualifier, you so it wasn't like okay, we took okay. their spot. We we you earned our qualified. we earned our we yeah, we earned our spot, yeah. they just didn't get to contest for it, right? And he'll tell you that they were He's better, gonna say that they were better <laughs> so that team. they would have beaten us, but okay, yeah, we we beat his brother's team, so that was basically the same thing. Uh, we took down Dan Dinn. yeah, anyway. <laughs> it's, uh, Oh, was the last thing I was
1: gonna say is it's it, like I also think that the international part like is really important for naming these plays because yeah. the more I'm thinking about it, the more uh, I'm like big oh we we have these things associated with NALCS players, but I'm sure that like. In Brazil, for CB LOL, they have those things associated with them, lep. And, the lep uh, teleport. <laughs> exactly, right? I, I even know that one. So there's there's like a lot of those things. Because the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, you know, like sneaky and smoothie. And I hear a lot of the pros joking about like, oh, anytime Morgana hits a binding in solo queue, like Hakuo, Hakuo, oh, right. right? And like they're going to say that in Korea. Exactly. And like you think of the Jensen. Do you think that like you know when fake when Faker dies in in Korean solo queue or something, everyone's like Jensen. Jensen? No. <laughs> not, <right>? like, uh, <laughs> Although <laughs> so, that would be pretty amazing. It, it would be yeah. it would be pretty amazing. But that happens. So it's it's one of those things that probably every 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 region has their individual things Uh but then it's kind of like the shared pool or the like ultra cool ones you know like Insect and everything because it's not only do you have to be the first to do it in your region you have to do it on the biggest stage and be the first to do it on the biggest stage uh, to kind of reach that, that level. All right, cool. to close out the
0: conversation, I think this would be uh, really cool to crowdsource some ideas. So, like, tweet us at Chat, at Kobe, at RiotAzale. If you can name good... I'm, I'm most interested if there's, like, big, good, iconic plays that you think fit with it being more widespread even though it never really caught on or just tweet us memes like those are always fun too we could bring back, back nice the kobe specific.
1: for missing smites what do you think yeah no thanks
2: <laughs> you look like, I'm, I'm good i still i still am not that good at it so I, <laughs> i'm smiting hard nervous. dude.
0: patch 8.5 yeah. also has been out for a week it hits pro play this uh week there were some pretty big changes to Swain. There were some buffs to Nocturne. There were some Rengar changes. Zoe got buffed. Uh, of those four, do you think uh, these champions will see play? And if so, which ones? So I've, Nocturne, Swain, Rengar, Zoe.
1: I have heard a fair bit about uh, people talking about Rengar, and I've been seeing Rengar getting played a lot in, in some challenger games and whatnot. It'd be kind of interesting to see if that comes back. Um, the Nocturne Nocturne buffs actually seem pretty impactful. Um I just don't know if he if he fits in the meta still, but like the blackout lasting six seconds mm-hmm. actually f- feels like a big buff to it's me. It's huge because that's as far as like team fight disorientation and these sorts of things. It's really big. Uh, I know in the past we've also seen like specifically like Nocturne into Twitch because Twitch all like it really messes him up, but mm-hmm. Twitch isn't really in the meta. I still think that there is some potential for for Nocturne to come into. So.
2: Even if we did see Nocturne, it would be a fringe pick to me. Like yeah, it would fringe, be a super sure. specific scenario. Um, I right. do, I do like things like that when, when you're like, oh, this is the perfect time to use, uh, you know, Nocturne because they have this split pushing comp or they have, yeah. you know, something that needs a lot of coordination. Um, or you can like hard counter or global or something like that. Yeah, because um, Nocturne Alt blocks teleports. Yeah, I think is something that a lot of people
1: don't yep. notice. So even even staying united, you can't even click on. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, exactly. Things
2: where you're gonna need to be able to click on the
0: yeah. an ally, which is why like going four to six seconds is so important in pro play because top laners are so good at matching teleport and any the play you make, Nocturne blocks that now.
2: Yeah. yeah. However, he's still gonna have the like this is the same uh, you know design of the champion where um, later in the game. It's always very difficult for me to be like well you know this is how Nocturne's going to be more viable than just jumping on you know mm-hmm. the carry or whatever and like if you build tank later on Nocturne it feels bad you're not you're never going to get tanky you're mm-hmm. still going to die if you build try and build some life steal or whatever to try and uh, life steal it you're never going to be able to you know heal enough to survive so you always end up with a very binary like End of the game execution with thing. them, but mm-hmm. you know that's you know that that is how how it's supposed to be. And I think that these these um, you know changes are definitely positive for him, especially the um, in addition to the darkness, more healing on the passive. They're always healthy in the jungle. Um, that you know that could bump them up. So yeah, that'd be I, interesting. I uh,
0: played some Nocturne in like quotation marks pro back uh, in like 2012 or whatever. And I would say he was always most effective with a dive buddy. Mm. Um, So someone else who could go in on a target way in the back line. And since, even though you can go like Duskblade Nocturne, you have to get super, super fed to actually be able to kind of one-shot someone. But any little bit of dive buddy damage with sometimes Shen, it used to be a collie that I'd Mm. run it with because you could dive really deep, was effective. So I think Nocturne Camille could actually be really good. If you have a good Camille lane matchup, you can both dive super deep in the back line, and you're going to have critical damage to I've, kill whatever damage deal you want, and that's a situation where I think... Turn Galio.
2: But I feel like that's true... I don't true. think that's enough damage. I feel like that's true of any... Galio. Any dive strategy, you're not going to have a single dive champion as your dive strategy. Every yeah, right. dive strategy, if you're trying to kill them, mm-hmm. should be a partner. Like You should, you should always take you your buddy. You should always take a dive buddy,
0: but as far as the effectiveness of the dive buddies, yeah, yeah. Nocturne is, is a, a really good a,
2: He's a good buddy to have. Yeah, because he
0: blocks teleports, he yeah. blocks a lot of ally shielding, he adds to the discombobulation of the enemy team, and then Camille, I feel like, is a really good combo that didn't exist back then.
2: I was gonna was say, it? a champion that you left off of the possible multiple choices for us <laughs> uh, is the Olaf, because the changes aren't that well, he's big. already in. But, yeah. I and mean, then I think he's gonna be insane. That was gonna be my easy answer. I was like, well, Olaf's gonna be in there, Chat. and Band. Uh, band I because guess eight he to ten times? is a great dive buddy to have. True. Um, can't stop him. And he also he also wants a buddy. So maybe we'll see them both together, Jack. How about that? Well, we'll have one both of them <laughs> the top lane. He could be in the, the top, top lane.
1: Doctor? No, Olaf.
0: Alright, sure, sure. I'll
2: I think
1: it. I think Swain too, like is actually gonna start seeing some pro play. This champion okay. has been had, oh, had gotten God, so I many buffs. I agree a uh, solo queue game. He's gotten so many buffs. Like when he first came out, I thought he was pretty crap. Uh he it's two or three patches in a row, he had gotten buffs and multiple buffs in those patches. The W is now so big that it, it actually just it feels like you don't even need to hit your E a lot of time anymore. If they, if they don't immediately start moving out of it, it just hits them. So, like, that in combination with the much lower cooldown on your Q, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's two seconds lower cooldown at, at level one, and this is, like, your whole kit as far, <laughs> as, far as damage is concerned. And but his R is just a big bomb now. Yep, and exactly, like, that, That uh, the okay. fact that, like, a Braum can't stand in front of you and just, like, in between, or, you know, the tanks mm-hmm. can't stand in between, it all hits everyone inside. Uh, that also is really big. Yes, you can still win wall and Unbreakable it, but like, you know, you don't get blocked out by as many so I think he's he's getting to the point where I mean his win rates in solo queue are insane, especially for mid lane. So, yeah. so I definitely think we've we'll seen I some saw player. Hooney playing him in solo queue. I saw solo playing it, I saw Bjergsen playing it. I saw like yeah. I've seen a lot of people he's playing he's a flex it. pick even. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh the first game when after he was first released also, um this was even before the buffs, I was mm. playing against one that was super fed. Uh and I got really tilted because I went all in on him Um, because he had very little mana left and he had his ult ticking and I hadn't, you know, read the changes or whatever. I was very unhappy to find out that his ult doesn't even drain mana anymore and he just (laughs) kept it on the entire time. And I was like, when is he gonna run out of mana? He's got like 10 mana left. (laughs) <laughs> and he just then he exploded and killed me. So that's, I was like, Yeah, lucky. that that was uh, definitely a tilting moment. So I have not, you know, liked this champion ever since he came out. And now he keeps getting buffs. So I yeah. just ban him all the time.
1: I actually, yeah, he's definitely not fun to play against. Like, especially in top lane, there's a lot of people doing stuff like who are playing it, playing like glacial augment and things yeah. like that. I really like and, and, um, swing. Yeah. And I've seen people doing stuff like, I had a game where I was playing Trinomere, and someone played Glacial Augment Swain, and they rushed, like, Tabbies into Super Soaker, and then, like, Frozen Heart Randwins. And I'm just like... You're never gonna kill anyone. All you're doing is making me not have any fun. Like, yeah, he beat you though, right? Maybe. I mean, we just farmed. Like, you know, <laughs> I was never in a million years gonna catch him, but he wasn't, couldn't really burst me down either. But I've seen a lot of like not that extreme, but tanky, tanky yeah. builds. Uh, I've seen like Quas playing it, who was you know the OG Swain guy, and he was doing a lot of like Frozen Heart Abyssal, mm. Atabys, and stuff like that in top lane. It's just like his base damages are high. Yeah. He's has spammable, like spammable cues, especially when you're building something like Frozen Heart CDR wise, and when you build defensive, it's so hard to ever burst them down before the healing comes into effect.
0: Yeah, uh, Zoe as well mm-hmm. is another champ. So Please I think no. of the ones that I listed, like Nocturne, Rengar, unlikely we see them as like big meta picks, but I think it's possible to pick them in fringe situations. Zoe and Swain, I think, are both big picks this week, mm-hmm. and Olaf will just be permabanned because of his clear speed and how strong he is right now. Um, but Zoe essentially gets a lot of her wave clear back. So it's not exactly the same as as far as the passive being able to ply when your Paddlestar hits something, but it had gone from 100% explosion damage to zero, and now it's back to 80. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Zoe can wave clear, still sleep it from long range, still have close to one-shot potential, late game with paddle star. I think bring Zoe completely back. Not sure if she's still going to be permaban, but I, I know pro players are going to play her.
1: Yeah, I mean especially when they were already playing her so much before. Yeah. La- last little thing I'm kind of interested on uh, your guys opinions on is is the cinder hulk changes because so mm. cinder hulk got nerfed and then Warmog's uh, the HP threshold went up. Mm. So you essentially like can no longer just build cinder hulk Warmog's and complete it. Do you guys still think we're going to see the item in pro play or does it now just get skipped? Cinder Hulk or Warmog's? War I think cinder
2: uh, Hulk for sure will still get played. Um I like I was talking about all oh, the 5% definitely feels, you know, hurts for the tanks, but it's not like game changing, you're like, ah, I can't build, you know, tank anymore, but I do, Warmogs is now a later game item. Like, yeah. you, you can't, you're not going to buy it if it's the passives, you don't get any use of the passives, so if anything, you see it way later in the game, and I like yeah. how that is going to change how the, how the game is played, because your frontline can no longer, um, you know, be the soak, at all the damage, don't worry about it,
1: guys, you know, I'll just mm-hmm. back up for three seconds. Um, and, essentially, and then
2: regenerate it. You
1: need 3k health. You need 300 more health, essentially. It's 250, but with the 5% Cinder Hulk, you basically yeah. need like three It's a whole
0: other item. It's either a whole yeah. other item or a whole other three levels, but it, it ruins the Cinder Hulk to Warmog's jump because that would pretty much always hit you at about 2,800 when you hit it at level 11. Yeah. So I think if you were going to still do tank, you're probably doing Cinder Hulk Vow mm. or Cinder Hulk MR item into Yeah, I can see
1: adaptive. War. I can see random and situational and stuff like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, but it's not nearly as good. So I think this is a big opportunity if teams wanted to shake up their overall team compositions a little bit to start moving back into some warrior junglers or some Gecko's mm-hmm. junglers like Evelyn, maybe Nunu, but Nunu's a tank.
1: I mean, uh, Nidalee. Nidalee Already yeah. getting play, Peanut popping off. I mean, Kazix has been getting a lot of play in LCK for a long time, so it's it's definitely possible. I mean, Kazix has been getting play a lot of play here already. Yeah, too. but it's picked way more in LCK uh, than mm-hmm. in NA So I definitely think it, it can help to move the needle, especially like you know, the, not just the Organers, but the the build path and combination. So that'll be interesting. I'd be yeah. I'd like to see some more aggressive stuff. Um, but NA let's do it.
0: NALCS, as we touched on briefly in the top of the show, uh, has some tight standings from 6th through 1, where it is possible for a 6-way tie for 1st. Very unlikely, though, based on strength of schedule. The other thing that is possible but unlikely uh, is CLG's Miracle Run. Mm -hmm. So CLG is two games behind Team Liquid and TSM. They require... uh, Team Liquid and TSM to go 0-2 and, and CLG to go 2-0 in order to force a tiebreaker game, which would then still give CLG a chance, but I think that's looking more and more
2: unlikely by the day. That's kind of NALCS in a nutshell. What do you want to talk about, Kobe? Uh, I want to talk about what you were just talking about, how CLG are now rooting for Golden Guardians and Optic Hell Gaming. Hell yes, they are. Uh, because the Golden Guardians would be against TSM, so TSM would have to lose... To them, plus their other game versus CL, uh, CLG. Yeah, yeah,
0: if TSM loses to Golden Guardians and CLG wins their first game of the week, yeah. then the TSM CLG game becomes CLG having the real chance. Like that's the most, the most likely outcome. I feel like as far as if CLG is to get it, it needs yeah. I and contracts to step up and yeah. beat TSM.
2: The other option is the Team Liquid one. Uh, if Cloud9 beat Team Liquid, CLG Possible. beat Optic. Um, and then CLG also beat TSM, and then Optic beats Team Liquid. So that would require CLG beating Optic, but then also Optic beating
1: Team Liquid. Yeah. That I've would allow them things. a route. Yeah. yeah. I've also I mean, seen
0: CLG lose to Optic. I feel like that's a possibility in just ruining all of this.
1: I mean, CLG has, has been looking better and better. They've been looking pretty strong. Like, I think it's much more likely that they have a 2 0 week than the other two teams go to, right? You know what I mean? Like, like I think that there's a, a pretty so decent So they 2-0 chance. and it doesn't matter. Is that's that's what I think is, like, if, if I was a betting man, like, I, I would not bet on everything <laughs> happening here, right? Like, I just think that there's too many contingencies, and I think mm-hmm. that um, with how, a test, especially TSM has looked... Kissim has looked really good the last yeah. couple weeks. I I just don't see them like dropping those random games. Um so that that's the part that's like kind of pretty devastating for the players because even if they like 2-0 and they're like damn, we're probably right now one of the best teams in the league, too bad. You did you did poorly in the, in the rest of the split. You didn't make playoffs.
0: Right. What do you think of COG overall though? Because they were 3 and 9, mm-hmm. now they're 7 and 9. They have a chance to go 9 and 9. Uh when they were 3 and 9, it was all about the sky falling and whether or not Zick should be replaced or whether or not Rainover should be benched and they should put in mm-hmm. Omar God and give him some time. But now that they're on this win streak, like as the CLG org, has it been promising enough to say, restack, go next split? Like if they don't make playoffs and they finish 9 and 9?
2: Depends on how difficult it is uh, to make the possible changes you're talking about. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, switching out either Zix or Rainover has a good alternative right now. Yeah. Um. I'm if I'm looking across for you know possible changes, maybe, um, people the name they would bring up would be Levi, but Levi ha- hasn't been like dominating yeah. in the Academy League. I agree. And um, his English is English. So. and for it, a team that English. has yeah. these huge yeah.
0: communication issues, I feel like that would be a exactly.
2: Bad and I I feel like the thing, the big thing for CLG is they they just got that handle on you know how mm-hmm. they actually want to organize this right. team and and it, yeah. because it took so long for them to figure that out yeah. um, you would probably want to build on that yeah and memes aside as far as like don't hype them up or do
0: hype them up and all this like faith age stuff that flies around COG when i look at the team now there was that the period of them going from like 3 and 5 to 3 and 9 those games were way closer than i think people gave them credit to be there were three games in a row that were close to even gold, like, 35 or 40 minutes in. CLG would lose closely this ridiculous late-game fight, and then they'd lose the game. And to be fair, the FlyQuest victory was kind of the reverse of that, where like there was a bunch well, of really right? close games that they were able to win. But, like, if you go back and check, as bad as CLG has been, so to speak, there were three or four games that were very winnable for them. Um so, this is my I don't get sure. I Obie. know I'm not, I'm not gonna say, <laughs>
2: keep keep going
0: to say laughing at this. Uh, if they finish 9 and 9, I think that is promising enough to want to do it again. Yeah. Um because they have looked so much cleaner with Biofrost as a shot caller since they simplified their game's plan and stopped trying to do these really narrow tunneled strategies and just saying we're going to make sure we're good in team fights because the the quality of their players in team fights is proven to actually still be really high. So I think if they started the split with Biofrost as a shot caller, they'd be a playoff team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's obviously been a huge improvement since at least at least since he said he was t- taking over for calling, Things have have really improved, or yeah. it looks like it. But like, I never thought they should replace Zix. I never thought that was something that really should be happening. And and it's to me, it mostly just comes down to like, should other people be replaced? It's like Kobe said, is someone available? If Peanut's like, hey Zix, I would really love to come play for CLG <laughs> next split, then <laughs> and over, he says it just like that. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. I speak perfect English. <laughs> exactly as well. right. Oh. Then Rainover is probably out of a job. But <laughs> but who do you get to replace him? And and that's that's the thing that's. Really, really tough. Yeah. Um, I'd also say I still do actually think that they're playing... Uh, for narrow in conditions, I just think they're doing it in a different way. Because to mm-hmm. me, um, even even watching, you know, Darshan, so he he's not being the guy who's going super over aggressive and trying to make mm-hmm. sure he's the one who wins. But I feel like he's so sacrificing his lane yep. to to put sticks ahead and whatnot. And it's like all the eggs in the sticks a basket is how it feels right now. And that may be just like a good solid way to play the game, but mm-hmm. it still feels like very very focused on one point. Sure, the fact that you know multiple games he's going uh, unsealed spellbook Maokai in, like, as a, a second pick, like, as a pick that's after in a losing yeah. matchup, and then you're not even taking a combat rune, right? That's, yeah. like, completely giving away your lane. Then he roams nonstop and gives up even more CS and so on and so forth. So it's, like, they are doing it. I, I feel, like, similar to what they were doing before, but just in a different focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that works against a really, really top-tier team, I'm not sure. And if that will work consistently, like, you know, can you do that? Can you pick... Like the worst lane possible in top lane against Echo Fox and beat them in a best of five, right? Yeah. Or do you, like I don't think you get to play unsealed Spellbook Maokai into a Chogath against Huni, right? Like I just think yeah. you're down 100 CS. To but be fair, maybe they I'm beat wrong. Echo Fox twice. Yeah. Right. To be, to be, to so be fair. like yeah. they have they have quality wins: two
0: wins against Echo
2: Fox, yep. winning against Cloud9, winning against Team Liquid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else to say about CL? uh I I was just I started chuckling because I was like, well, I'm not going to give partial credit <laughs> for. Um, you know, getting close at, at different points, e- even in uh, some of the ones that they win. Also, uh, you can still see, if you go back to the beginning of the hmm. season, I think the, um, a big part of the problem was that you, it, just even watching the game, you could, like, feel the stress... Yeah. that the CLG players are kind of like emanating in they're this game. They're playing with panic. Like yeah, their 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 play is like super uh, frenetic and they're just like you can tell that these tower dives and these, you know, little these things that go wrong a little bit mm-hmm. um feel
1: like super rush or like they're all just like All the rainover getting caught out when he's ahead too. Yeah, about like that. I
0: I think as far as analyzing best of ones, it's fine to give partial credit for losses as long as you're giving partial credit for the shaky yeah, wins. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Like you just Put it all together.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing counts. (laughs) All right. Speaking of doing
2: it again, zero and zero. We'll be able to do new rankings for next split.
1: (laughs) Oh, you want you
2: want them to stay with the same
1: (laughs) roster? They're not going to be first, (laughs) Jet. If they they finish the season on six straight wins, how uh, can you not put them first?
0: (laughs) Good question, Azale. Good question. We'll get into that in summer split Uh, rankings episode. Yeah. Uh, Who will finish first place? Because that's another thing that's up in the air as well as you round out NALCS, because Echo Fox lost both games. That dropped into 11-5. Cloud9's also at 11-5. Clutch is at 10-6. 100 Thieves is 10-6. Like, look at his schedule real quick. It is Echo- real close.
2: Echo Fox is playing FlyQuest and 100 Thieves. Cloud9 9 are playing Team Liquid and FlyQuest. Whoo, pretty close.
1: Echo Fox also has the head-to-head, so I think Echo Fox uh, is in first, because they 2 0 Cloud9. Yeah. So, Correct. So, like, I, I just... But if 100 Thieves beats them,
0: 100 Thieves could tie them for a playoff button, mm. right?
2: And then 100 Thieves have them and Clutch Gaming, so right. So if 100 Thieves—it's a little, little Overs- bit close, but I would say, like, if you're playing the percentages, uh, and yeah. we and we decide that Azale is in fact a betting
1: man, that then he would place his bet <laughs> on Echo Fox. Fox. just based on strength of schedule, based yep. on the fact that they're essentially a game ahead of both of the teams, right? Like because they have 2-0 over Cloud9, and because mm-hmm. they are one win up on 100 Thieves. I think that they're Agreed. probably going to finish first, yeah. but it's but it's a lot closer than we thought, right? This was yes. like a couple of weeks back. We're like, "Yep, Echo Fox first, guaranteed." Because look, look at the schedule. It's strength schedule, pretty easy for the last couple of weeks. They are smashing everyone. They're starting to pick up a lot more losses. Yeah. So it's cloud nine, um, and as some of the teams get stronger, you know, Clutch Hundred and NTSM start to look better. Uh, the top has started to look worse, or or at least closer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the patch hit them harder than we thought it would. Uh, because even in the games they're losing, Huni is getting 70 CS up, he's 100 CS up on Shogath, he's taken turrets, but they're not able to play around him in the same way, and whether that's Echo Fox not playing around him properly or other teams just finding better ways of not constantly fighting around Huni, like, it's hurting them. You look at the games that they've lost, Huni's never there,
2: yeah, in team fights. I definitely, um... To me, it's not even necessarily about the patch changes, but... The mid-game decision making that we're mm-hmm. seeing from them—they definitely um, seem like they either have the lack of focus once they get you know past this early game, or. It's it's actually in the wrong area, and as much as you know, mm-hmm. we're looking at the partial credit stuff for for CLG, if you look at the Echo Fox games, ah, dang, I can't remember exactly who they're playing right now, but they had another one of the good early leads, like you know, Dardox doing his you know tracking, it was against the, clutch. tracking the enemy jungler. They're up four k against Clutch. Um, clutch is definitely an example. I don't yeah. know if that's the one I'm thinking of, but they set up. Uh, a top lane like three man ambush squad versus a team that has Galio and a team that has teleport Ooh. advantage. Like uh, against Huni's, TSM. Yeah, okay, against GSM. Yeah. Uh, Huni's in the bottom lane pushing. He's like, don't ha- I don't have my teleport, and uh, Hanser had his teleport, so mm-hmm. they try and make a play on the other side of the map, and then Bjergsen's also playing Galio on top of that. And yeah. you're just like, how did they, you know, what what? How did they come up with that choice? Um, so yeah, I think there are things, those things. Are fixable though, so mm-hmm. Echo Fox definitely still have the, you know, the the players, uh, you know, to go all the way, but mm-hmm. um, they definitely need to review kind of a lot more of the mid and late game stuff. I think
1: it's interesting because like we all, I feel like we all have kind of different opinions on on what some of their issues are. Because mm-hmm. you know, as far as patch stuff, like I feel like it's unless the argument is that. Uh, because there's no Tracker's Knife, they can't protect their bot lane as much. I, I don't think... feel like it's that much to do with the Because I feel like their bot lane has been the reason they've lost a lot of these games What do you recently. think
0: about the Callista nerfs being big?
1: Because that, that, that was a
0: power pick that they got thanks to Mooney's yeah. strength that no one else was able to get, and it was letting them win bottom lane.
1: That's certainly a big possibility. Um... And and I hadn't really been looking at it through through that point of view. But like when I when I look at a lot of their losses, I'm really just like, yep, Botlane got blasted. <laughs> when you think about when you think about the that's actually all their losses. Yeah, basically. pretty much. I mean, when you yeah. think about like the C- CLG game, uh, when like actually, I think both CLG games um, but I mean they they lost to uh, Golden Guardians bot lane they lost to like Arrow and, and Lemon Nation uh, I see we to... have different
2: lenses see yeah. from my solo queue experience I have a lot of oh my bottom lane got blasted but I still think there's possibility to win this game yeah. as long as we don't you know make a poor <laughs> choice in the mid or late but they've
1: been they've been like looking at some of these I'm just looking at Games Legends and some of like you know even the score lines and stuff mm-hmm. like they were massively behind mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a lot of those losses as far as the bot lane goes so uh Uh, That has been the big kind of concern that's been like the sore thumb of Echo Fox to me in in the second half. Uh, And they need their bot lane to be strong, right? Like there's there's a lot of really strong bot lanes in the league. I don't think that they're one of the top bot lanes, Mm -hmm. but I think that if you can neutralize as this bot lane... It has been proven that Hooney can get far enough ahead on the rest of the map. Dark has yeah. been playing incredible. Phoenix has been strong. Like, they don't have to be the win condition, but they have to not be the reason you the lose. The loss Yeah, condition. yeah exactly. The other so, teams wouldn't continue. Yeah. We, yeah.
2: we are heavily scrutinizing this, you know, number one or number two best possible team that totally. we have because. We're just, we're heading up to MSI, so we need to be hard on our own. That's mm-hmm. why if people are like, "Oh, why are they just shit talking Echo Fox so much?" Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> so I got one. We want this, our winner because this they have
0: will that almost Dragon X. I, I want to preface this with this will almost certainly be misquoted by someone and oh like, use, nice, use I like to flame it. Me. I like it. I'm gonna keep uh, this out right yeah, now. This yeah, this is like, get ready. This Live like one action. of your one of your classic old meme chat dilemmas. So this this is a bit <laughs> of a story. Um, And I am not saying this is true or not yet, but I was listening to a uh, Bill Simmons podcast with Daryl Morey, and Daryl Morey is the general manager of the Houston Rockets in the NBA, who are currently the best team um, record-wise in the NBA. But he was saying that it was a lot easier to succeed in the NBA like five or ten years ago when there were a lot of orgs that essentially weren't doing it right Like, they weren't scouting players properly, they weren't evaluating free agents in the right way, and they were handing out a lot of bad contracts. So if you now have five or ten bad teams, it's much easier to put together a good team. Yeah. Right? So he's actually saying that, like, the more of those owners that got changed or the more of the bad general managers that got replaced with competent ones, the harder it becomes because now you're diluting your talent pool and spreading it more evenly across a lot of teams. So... And I'm not saying this is true or not. So this is where people get into misquoting.
2: This is the good part.
0: Anyway. <laughs> what are you doing? Kobe's trying to make an Instagram story. But adding good organizations like 100 Thieves and Clutch Gaming... No pressure, just ignore the camera. If you're taking off big-time players like Aframu and Febaven and putting them on teams that aren't necessarily as good as stacking all your talent on That's only a so. few teams that are good... That's not going online. Um, is there a world in which franchising actually makes the MSI representative for North America worse? Yes. Because now you have 10 teams that are competing with each other for all the best players and no team that can just stack all of the best players and go towards MSI.
1: Yes, I think that's 100%, the long way. Yes, start. I mean mm-hmm. I think that franchising um, has made us weaker. Not, well. not, no, not, not that it has. <laughs> that it can't. That there's the potential for it yep. too, right? Because uh, even if you're just looking like dollars, right? Like if you're looking at the amount of money that each team has, if you say before the teams at the bottom of the league had less money or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, now all these teams have big investors, all these teams have a lot of backing. If everyone has a salary of a hundred dollars to give out, right, like total, yep. then you're not going to be able to get everyone, right? If if Hooney costs $50 now because everyone's bidding on him and Bjergsen costs $50 now because everyone's bidding on him, you can't get Hooney and Bjergsen. You still need to get three more players, right? And, that, and that's kind of, I think, the, the idea, and I think it makes some sense. Yeah. I don't know if it is true for this year, but I certainly think it can happen. Counter-arguments.
2: Go. The diluting makes the... At least if you are you you know if you have a line or whatever for the, the top you mm-hmm. know, uh, group of teams, makes them... Much, that much stronger, because we had enough good talent mm-hmm. um, that was pre- previously very focused on mm-hmm. uh, teams like TSM, um, who imported more talents, the Sven and Mithy bottom lane, and then gave other possible good players over to rivals that they could then mm-hmm. play against. And you know, trial by combat, in, improve their skills by then playing against uh double lift by trading double lift to Team
1: Liquid. The licorice argument.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then and then we also found the the great North American talents, uh yeah. that we I think it makes ourselves. the league in general better.
0: Yeah. But I think uh, especially in the off season when people were memeing about C9 losing the off season, like right. if Team Liquid doesn't get big investments, they never lose impact and no one says those things. Yeah. Right, so
1: it's it's less Wait, chance of thinking The it, thing about franchising again, it's less chance of a super <laughs> team, right? Like that franchising has made the best teams worse. Kobe, there you go. Yeah. it's I mean it's less it's that's less going chance, out. That's it's perfect. Less, that's it's less. Out it's a of super team, right? And that's that's the the end, of, like the TLDR, I guess. Um, but super teams don't always make like better better True. teams, right? They don't always perform better. Like when you look at. at the team that performed the best, you know, CLG at 2016 MSI, that was not like supposed to be the star-studded Correct. ultra team, right? And it yet it performed better than than some of these teams like yeah. PSM every year at Worlds has not uh, lived up to the hype despite the fact that they have all these individual pieces that are so strong, uh, they haven't been able to find the team play or the cohesion or whatever you want to say.
0: Yeah, and I think in, in the long term, there's almost no way to spin it. It's like, oh, now we're gonna be worse. Like I think overall it will be better, mm-hmm. but just wanted to throw that out there for no, I think it's conversation. Interesting. I don't actually necessarily agree with it yet. Moving on to Twitter questions.
1: Yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm.
0: Sweet. Uh, so nice Kobe's at nice Kobus. Kobe's. Let's call them Cobies. Yeah, nice Kobe's says, Do you think bot lane would be more action packed in pro if BF Sword had build components? So 1,300 gold wasn't necessary. So this is kind of the theory of what if longsword built into pickaxe and two pickaxe made it a big sword?
1: Yeah, I mean, I already feel like it essentially is the same thing. Like, I don't really think it makes that big a difference if you're saying everyone's building towards IE or whatever. Like, the the essential the equivalent of BF component is you go back on 875 gold and you buy your pickaxe, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that it necessarily is hurting anyone i I mean i guess it's to me it's more about the base timings because Mm -hmm. people are talking about like you know it's the idea that you could go back at 700 gold buy two long swords and then come back with the way pushed out and they would then have to base for their for their bf or whatever but you can do that i just think it all ends up being pretty equivalent
2: um if i could so let me try and distill this down to like basically if you could back whenever you wanted and and feel fine about you be working buy. towards your BF. Do, do, yeah, yeah. W- would you be more aggressive no. if you're thinking, hey, if I take this, I'm gonna take this super hard trade right now, um, you know, and go all in or whatever, and try and get the kill, uh, because you know, if if we even if we lose it, you know, we can just back off and uh, I can pick up you know a little bit of bitty pieces of attack damage mm-hmm. on any buy. Yeah, I think it makes it would actually make bottom
0: lane less action packed because I think sticking around, and I notice this when I play Victor. sticking around for 1,250 gold for that first Hecler upgrade is similar to bottom lane trying to stick around for BF Sword. They want to punish you for it. You'll greet a wave, and they'll want to punish you for it.
1: But if you never, if you always have a good back timing that spends all your gold cleanly, you're just
0: never going to take risks.
1: Yeah. So, especially cuz jungler's relative power becomes much higher when people have to wait around for that <laughs> for a long time, right? Like when you're sitting there the the AD carry sitting there for for their 1300 gold, but you've already based and got your double long swords. Well, now well, you're maybe stronger or
2: whatever. I mean, it's not like junglers are can always have orn items ported no, out to no, no, them no. or whatever. No. Of course, <laughs> but my,
1: my point is yeah. you can you can go back and, and generally like junglers have more opportunities, I think, uh, to be able to make a gank happen before someone if someone is savings purely for the BF. Yeah.
2: I think if they're sitting out there on their Doran's Blade then I feel much better exactly.
1: about going so, to Kankum. What I do think is interesting or, or can make it more interesting is when there's more diverging build paths because that just naturally makes different uh, base points because I think as long as both of us are going for a, a BF even if it's built out of different components mm-hmm. it's we're on the same page. What I think is more interesting is when you know you have the Ezreal that wants to base for, like, for his tier really early versus the person who needs the 1300 gold versus the other guy who's going lethality so he really wants his 1100 gold and is gonna mm-hmm. try to base rate on that and punish you like the old djinn so that is what I think makes it the most interesting: is just having more champion diversity and more um, build diversity in the bottom lane, mm-hmm. because then you have uh, diverging like base timings, and then you're actually yeah. competing for better timers. Should we stick more blasting wands in AD carry items
2: so
0: that we have Love more it. Like, yeah. Many, like...
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get it in there. Just
0: make the worst possible item. Be like, you need a pickaxe, a blasting wand, and, and, a, a, mana and, a, ma- mana and a mana everywhere. crystal. Put mana crystals everywhere. You need 200 and potions. two <laughs> mana crystals before you yeah. can completely. Confirm your item. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: All right, next one. Don't Bet- give many any ideas. Betrayer of Hope. Ooh, this is an ominous name. Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll ever see different competitive maps? I've been playing since the beta and SR has been feeling stale slash tired the past few seasons. New maps could revitalize League. Um, my initial thought is that it's like the map being changed as far as the jungle and the blast plants and stuff is kind of somewhat of the answer to that. I agree. Um,
0: I have always looked at Summoner's Rift as the field in the sport. So I think any big change, um, while it could be fun in casual play, I think would change slash hurt pro play a lot. I I, and I also do think like blast plants and dragons changing and Baron becoming a different objective and scuttle crab being uh moved and smites giving you buffs slash not giving you buffs currently is a map change, is just kind of subtle and small. Like, there's small mm. rule changes to the court. I personally like uh, Summoner's Rift being the thing. Um,
2: do you want Magma Chamber, Kobe? Teleport. What does spawns. that mean? What is Magma Chamber? I've never seen it. I don't know. It doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: yeah, Magma Chamber was an announced map in, like, 2010 uh-huh. that I think Riot at the time was like, we're going to do it, but then, like, they could never find the right So,
2: map. When I first initially started playing League of Legends, um, I had come straight from Dota. Um, and one of the things to me initially was the Dota map, and this is not even Dota 2, this is a um regular Warcraft 3 uh custom map Mod. of Dota. Um the map felt much bigger. Um and yeah, there were a lot of other differences like you know, teleport scrolls instead of recoil and all that stuff. But um I always kind of wondered if we only made small changes. Like we didn't have, uh, you did. There's not like different rules, like the minion rules or anything. If we just literally made Summoner's Rift. Um, Maybe a slightly different layout and just a lot bigger, like, there's different rivers and pathways and stuff, but we kept everything else the same, like, there's similar jungle monster-like camps and stuff like that, Um, you know, there's no different rules, it's literally, Mm -hmm. um, like, the layout would definitely be different, like, there would Mm -hmm. be different, you know, trees and brushes and and all that stuff, Um, but it was actually just a bigger map with more room for stuff to go on um I, I don't know I, I would find that interesting I mm-hmm. don't know if it'd be successful I don't know if yeah. that would even be good um, but I, I would definitely be very curious to try something mm. like that where it would yeah. be like the exact same rules and
1: you're not changing too much except for you know more area to play with I would be really excited to try a new map yeah. as far as uh, in competitive I think it's and balancing the game I think mm-hmm. it makes it incredibly difficult if you have if you make a map that is bigger, um, even if it's the best map ever, mm-hmm. then... Globals pretty good. Yeah, globals become better. Maybe move speed and stuff becomes more important. Yeah. Like, balancing just changes for not, a, not even just all the heroes, but the items, too. So, like, I think that becomes very complicated, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons that it's it's not going to be that... Uh, like, it's such a big undertaking. A- and as far as... Then, if that becomes... Map 2 becomes just as popular as Map 1, then do you split the mm-hmm. queues? Then you end up into, like, the dynamic queue type of issues mm-hmm. where there's not enough players, perhaps, to support a healthy queue, and so on and so forth so I think it's a really complicated question but yeah. I mean if it happened I would be excited to try it I think most sure. players would and and maybe you could do something like that that's like a rotating game mode even or something that could yeah. be fun to try and like if it's better you then, then it, you phase it right? in right? but if it's better like the, the,
0: the small incremental improvements to Summoner's Rift I feel like is the, the way that it, it
2: the Q thing is a big stopper to so yeah. many things for me mm-hmm. now that you yeah. mention it because like uh, PUBG. Now do you have
0: normal draft for I, this map, do you have blind yeah. pick for this draft, do you have rank for this map? I play a
2: lot of PUBG. I like the original one. I hate the sandy, dusty looking one. Whenever I get that one, I just like, I even want to quit, so... If, <laughs> if if there was something where they merged them, like they were the same size or whatever, and you just randomly get one the other time, I, like one would be better. Like, you would have a preference and you'd be... yeah. Yeah, He's uh, salty as hell.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Elliot James Menge asks, do you think the volatility in the NALCS this split helps or hurts our region's chances to perform well at MSI and or other international events? We touched on this a little bit when we were talking about the franchising stuff that Kobe wanted to troll me on Instagram stories with. I uh, put it out already. It's live. live. It's, it's out? i have to watch it. Flame me. No, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> just answer the question do you think it helps or hurts it <laughs> answer the question <laughs> <laughs> hold on does it help or hurt I'm gonna wait uh, restate restate the nah, question nah. I got distracted so by
1: the... do you think the volatility in the NALCS this split helps or hurts our region's chances to perform well at MSI and or other international events
2: oh the regional volatility that's interesting because uh, there was a reddit you front page back. thing <laughs> there was a reddit front page post I'm just gonna ramble random stuff just uh, be natural be natural Quickshot said that in six years of casting this is the most Competitive that Europe has been
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, as well, and then he went on to say that competitive could mean many different things. Yeah, but Does it um, help
0: or hurt our chances, Kobe, at MSI. Uh, competitiveness of NA.
2: I don't. I don't think you can isolate the competitiveness of NA and be like, oh, that's gonna gonna hurt our chances because it's a yes or no question. It, you, the only so no is the answer then because and. Even if every, every team is worse, and that's why mm-hmm. uh, we're more competitive, we would do worse at MSI because every team's worse, yes. not because the teams are more competitive. So yeah. Yeah. I think the, the fact that they are competitive uh, isn't going to be the thing that detracts what, you know, would what, what detract is if, like, the point you brought up sure. about possible talent
1: dilution... Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be something. So for me, it's it's kind of interesting because I actually my so he asked about MSI and or other international events. I, I kind of have like a two part answer because I think for MSI, just you want to have the super team. It doesn't actually matter mm. if you have if like mm. theoretically, you know, having a having a better region does make that super team better. But you just want the ultra stack team that goes and it's the best player in every role from your region. They go and they play against the other best teams and then they win, right? So I I would think like generally speaking, it could it would probably hurt us for. MSI, um, but for Worlds, I would think that it would help help more because you have more teams at like a higher competitive level. That would be like kind of my assumption. But then, um, so my then my argument to that would be even if okay, we feel more
2: comfortable because we have one team that's smashing. Let's say Echo Fox never lost a game. Yeah, Huni went undefeated know, and yeah. they smashed everyone. Uh, that would make us more confident because we could at least be like, well, you know, I haven't seen them do anything bad yet. Um, but that is, is that fraudulent. are they yeah, are they really better yeah. or was yeah. everyone else they were playing against just way worse and that's the thing about the Is yeah. the competitive
1: part actually the reason and that's why we're all going to lose to King Zone Dragon X the end yeah the end because they are Sight the best freak every um, one single thing... <laughs> day <laughs> literally every day tweeting the same thing
2: that it's a scheduled tweet it's automatic i know and it got It's making me mad now for some reason. I think that was his goal. (laughs) He probably scheduled up for every day of the year. It's every day till World. Until World. For what?
1: What are you guys talking about? Uh, Every day at midnight, uh, Freak has a scheduled tweet that is. Uh, bold prediction: Korea will Worlds. Oh my god, he and does that
2: every day. Every day, yeah. it's automatic. It's getting more and that's... more favorites every single time he more does popular. it.
1: Too. Really? Yeah, because he I haven't up, even he noticed doing it. He has created his own meme. It's actually kind uh, of smart. That's yeah. really smart. It was funny because he was actually asking me if if I uh, if he should do this, and I'm like, at first people are gonna think it's really funny. Then it's gonna like hit a low where yeah, it's like you're like gonna 63 get days, but in it's, it's gonna come back around. But exactly, <laughs> but then you keep it up and you get through, you slog through the dirt. Well, that is like all the. Especially if they don't win Worlds this year, that'll. Get yeah. the most recent and one. Then, You'll and tweet then, it the night after they lose. This is where it gets brilliant. Then you have to, as Korea wins, you know, people like to retweet their own predictions yeah. and stuff. Uh-huh. Then you have to retweet the entire year's worth oh, of tweets. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God! <laughs> you just have like three hundred full prediction screw. No, in the I, world. I think
2: you just retweet the first one and be like, "Look, the I, knew, one, it, I knew it. I knew it a year ago." But no, but you have to think about it through the lens of freak, right? Yeah, I'm unfollowing him. I'm
1: not even just going <laughs> to mute him. I'm just going to unfollow. You're out of there! All right. Oh my God, uh, Jad, did you uh, do you have an answer for this? Uh, I think it's chart. I don't think the volatility is hurt or help us. We're all the same, which means we lose.
0: Yeah, kind of. is just don't give them hope. Like you're only gonna get flamed if you give Na hope <laughs> at international
1: events. Um, have hope. It's more fun. It's also less fun afterwards, but it's more fun during. It is. Come on, week one, baby. Yeah, we, group can, we, always can have week one.
2: we always <laughs> we can can have week one. Week one is so fun, dude. I love week one of Worlds.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that'll do it. I think. Jeff's a broken man. I'm a broken man. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then, make sure you tune in to the NLCS. Uh, the regular split concludes this weekend. Mm-hmm. Split concludes this weekend. Find out who it's going to be. NALCS countdown starts 1:30 p.m. Pacific. And Clutch vs. 100 Thieves is going to start at 2 p.m. sharp. So we, we had a bunch of
2: social media asks as well. Azale wants a highlight video of Clutch Gaming popping off with Kobe creative plays. Kobe wants a highlight video of that for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack had another one. I forgot what it was. I think so. you
0: totally messed out the outro. They like to pan the camera back towards the end of it, and they were ready to go, and then you just kept are they going to do
1: a Looney Tunes come back in? Man, yeah, they should <laughs> do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. The other know. one was the the name players, the name plays. If you have good ideas, nah, you got you gotta hit us with. The name name play suites. right, And use the hashtag. See you at two PM next time.
0: Bye. Goodbye.